Welcome to Dynamics of Dialogue, your one-stop shop for peace and love on the airwaves, a safe space for people of color and our allies. Join us every week as we have real dialogue with people going through real life. Your dynamic, your dialogue. Come get some. Welcome to Dynamics of Dialogue, and this is your host, Ty Davis. I'm in the studio today with my special guest co-host, uh, Kadisha Bivens, also known as Soul Scribe the Poet. Say hello. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> all right, all right. So I'm so glad to have you in the studio today. Um, Thank you. you know, we always have these great discussions mm -hmm. uh, about these topics, and um, I invited you to talk about, um, I think we were talking on Facebook about something. Or Instagram, mm. and um, it was so in line with, one of us posted something, it was so in line, I asked you to come on and let's have this conversation about trauma bonds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably so. I, I'm always posting stuff that, you know, talks about, you know, trauma and pain and some of the depression and things that we don't really address. I mean, mental illness is so overlooked in our community. I think more and more we talk about it, the more people are starting to take care of themselves. So. Mm -hmm. And that's important. Yeah. I can, I can tell you I'm a living witness as a person living with a diagnosis, right? I'm a CPS, a Georgia Certified Peer Specialist. Mm -hmm. And that's a person living with a diagnosis that's also a practitioner in the way of um, helping, providing peer support mm -hmm. to other people with um, a diagnosis. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, it is, um, it has been a tremendous journey uh, getting to this place. And so this is the reason why I talk a lot about trauma and, and all the things that lead up to it because it's so proliferated in our community. And I wanna say this not in a way that sounds offensive because I am an advocate, but I most believe that we're really not looking at, um, what, what if there really is no quote unquote mental illness? What if it's, we're really all just suffering from the pain of trauma? Mm -hmm. Something mm -hmm. that has happened in our lives, right. you know, that we're recovering from, that shattered our ego, right. you know, that stripped of us of, of our ability to protect ourselves, innocence. of our innocence. Right. Maybe people have witnessed things that have, you know, been so um, difficult for them. It's where, the it's, you know, some doctors are saying there's debate in the community about psychosis, whether or not that actually comes from trauma. Right. Um, mm. So when they talk about what is a trauma bond, a, a trauma bond, according to BreakTheSilenceDV.org, it's a domestic violence awareness website. A trauma bond is an unhealthy attachment to an abuser. Um, and the way it pretty much works is that they love you with, you know, they give you these glimpses of hope, mm -hmm. you know, um, the little crumbs of affection that is just so perfect, and then they kind of draw it back. And, mm -hmm. you know, so in, in this frame, we're looking at trauma as not just physical, but also emotional. Right. And, and so on and so forth. So really, I invited you on here because, um, again, you know, uh, it's not always about being an expert, but it's about what what are, what are our lived experiences? What does it look like in our lives? That's part of the reason why I even talk about this on the show mm -hmm. so that people can understand. It's one thing to hear these clinical terms. <laughs> and then when you just hear regular, everyday people talk about, well, this is what it is, and this is how I realized that I was in that. Right, and then the other people can connect the dots in their own lives and see the red flags. That's you right. Know, talk about those personal testimonies or experiences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's important to share our stories because they are given to us for a reason and, and part of our purpose 
you know, for, you know, possibly going through the things that we went through. So I think um, it's, it's necessary. You know, you have to, you have to, as a poet, as a storyteller, you, you have to give back, you know, those, uh, those life lessons. Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. You do. You do. It's part of your own healing as well as making other people aware and help them with their own healing. Yeah. It is. That's, that's extremely important. That's ex another reason why I do this. <laughs> I'm so transparent is because I want to do just yeah. that. I think that, you know, when you, you know, experience a certain type of thing, it just becomes too big to contain by yeah. yourself. And we try to contain it until, you know, it, it comes out in, in the wrong ways, you know, either sexual mm -hmm. or mentally or through drug abuse and things like that. We try to live mm -hmm. these perfect lives, like everyone's on the gram taking pictures and smiling, mm -hmm. but so many people are in pain, but we're not talking about it because we're embarrassed, you know, or they say, keep your, pri your, your, your private life private. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Don't mm -hmm. tell anyone what you're going through. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you're embarrassing the family, you're embarrassing yourself, you know, but in reality, for the people who don't have the courage to step up and talk about the trauma, you know, it, they need people like us who yeah. are willing to share our stories to help them get out and give them the courage to speak up or either leave situations that are toxic because, hey, that person went through it. This is what I'm going through. This is how they got out of it. You know, I can do this too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's so. important. That's important. So, you know, that leads me to the first question. So what does it look like? You know, what what is it, you know, um, again, so that people, other people can see, the hope is to share our experiences so other people can see what it looks like. So for you, yeah. what did it look like in your life, this journey to recognizing mm -hmm. what these trauma bonds were? How did you identify that? <laughs> um, sometimes I think you can, uh, you can tell that you don't feel comfortable or something in your spirit or your soul you know, lets you know that the person that you're talking to is is not good for you. You know, either they're they're verbally abusive or they, they make little jokes here and there and they try to say they were joking and you're mm -hmm. like, well, that, that's not funny. You know, um, for me, you know, of course, with my, my past, my childhood and not feeling, you know, a lot of times it's our own trauma from growing up, you know, my parents being, you know, drug addicts and things like that. I had to realized that I was searching for love in the wrong places when I was much younger, you know, even though I didn't really, you know, start being, you know, being intimate with people until I was in college. I, you know, I didn't start out young, but some of the bonds that I had with people were based on my own feelings of lack of self-worth because it was like, okay, well, my parents didn't love me, you know, they weren't, they didn't care about me. So, you know, maybe mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. Maybe I don't deserve the best, you know, and mm -hmm. so you kind of tolerate things from people you know, when you're looking for love in the wrong places. And so mm -hmm. you have, you end up creating these bonds with other people who, who feel like you're not worth or they're not worth. And, and it's just, it's an, it's an ongoing cycle of back and forth because we never truly deal, you know, with what I have been through. If someone had said, okay, in my family, taking the responsibility and said, she's been through this, she needs to be in counseling because our, we just go to church. <laughs> you know, we don't really say, mm -hmm. you know, she's in college and she's going to need some help. We need to make sure she gets that attention and help before she leaves here. Right. And no one did that for me. I'm just you're just out there. You know, we we send our children out there unprepared to deal with the world, <laughs> even though we know what they went through, <laughs> and they don't have the resources or skills themselves to get that. Well, the answer is, well, I did it. 
That's what. I, that's I'm the way fine. it was for me, and I'm right. fine. You ain't fine. You right. crazy as hell. I had all these kids. My <laughs> husband. My husband beat me, and we 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 here. We live. Right. We meanwhile, good. meanwhile, you know, you're passing you're, it on. You're repassing. You're you're repeating <laughs> all these behaviors, and you don't have a relationship with your kids. Uh-huh. You're not fine. Right. You know, we need to to change our <laughs> our, our our criteria for what fine is. Right. Really. Right. So for me, yeah, so for me, um, you know, as I'm getting older and, of course, experiencing different life experiences, just realizing that you've got to, you got to pick up the, the red flags. Like I, we were talking earlier about the, the verbal abuse, you know, anyone screaming at you emotionally, trying to put you down, you know, all of those are things. And then you find yourself still wanting to stay and prove yourself worthy to that person, mm-hmm. you know, or like, you know, just give, make them happy when you really should be leaving. But because there is that connection. You know, whether it be, you know, sexual or emotional or spiritual, whatever it is, there's this connection that keeps you in that situation because you want to make them happy. And and you're forgetting that, okay, I need to be happy, you know, first. And so I'm learning to pick up on those flags and, like, you know, leave and walk away from those situations now. Um, Maybe not as soon as I should, (laughs) but I am. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a journey. It's going to get easier as I continue to get older, you know, and, and it, I don't think it matters how old you are. I think we all still do things and make mistakes and none of us are ever going to be perfect. But the point is putting this out there so that people who are younger mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. can learn to start walking away and catching those red flags and um, doing doing what's right for their own soul. So Right, and that's important because I think what's happened is that we've normalized um, a lot of these behaviors. Mm-hmm. And um, in the process of normalizing these behaviors, now what we've done is we've taught our younger people to expect that this is what relationships are supposed to be. This is how you should be treated. And this is what you should expect from a woman. I saw um, a guy on social media. I'm not going to say your name, comedian, because I happen to like you sometimes. (laughs) But he posted on there talking about a strong woman. And a strong woman does all of these things. And I'm like, wait a minute. Because, Because this is what you saw your mother do. Right. Why are you content with watching her break her back to be strong? Right. You know, that, that's, these are the things that, that often come. And so this is understanding that on both ends of it, there is a need. There is a need on the end of the person that is, quote, unquote, the abuser. Hurt people hurt people. Yes, right? right. So it's not a lot. Of, I, I, would, I would imagine to say that the vast majority of times the abuser has actually been abused. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, because we know like a person like R. Kelly, you know, I'm, I'm holding yeah. space for that because as much as people joke around with the memes and all of this other stuff about, you know, the tears and something everything. Something is wrong with him. Something is wrong. He had an experience with his sister mm-hmm. that created this, you mm. know, and li- likely, a, and it was probably more than one. Mm. And it was probably with different people as wow. time went on. Right. And, you know, this this type of thing that we see in him, that was created. Yeah, and men, and and, and of course, the stig- not the stigma, but the, the misconception that men don't deal with these type of things is, you know, so so we don't cause, because they, they need there's a needs to be a Me Too movement for them too because a lot of them are passing their trauma and pain as you said onto other women because right. someone touched them either a man or a woman when they were young right. and everyone just ignored it or you know yeah. he expected well or or when for for example one thing that really bothers me is when you know they try other older men in the family try to introduce younger men to to sex 
because they want them to be a man. I don't know. Right. That's yeah. not, you know, and so this is right. teaching them from at a very early age that yes. your manhood is defined by your sexual performance mm-hmm. and how many women you can pull right. in. I take him to the strip club for his birthday or, you know, whatever, and he's still 16, 17 years old, or I got to get him some because he needs to be a man now, so I got to go find a woman to introduce him to this. And so many black men in our in our community do that to young boys. And they're not even ready. They don't even want it. They're they not, don't, they don't know, want it. Right. That's another thing because, of, you know, lots of times if we have these conversations, if we really get to know, getting to know, we've even made it uh, victimized, not victimized, but villainized, uh, taking time to get to know people mm-hmm. before you get intimate with them. Right. How terrible is that? You right. should want to get to know the person that you're with, mm-hmm. you know, not only for, um, experiences, Oof. you know, finding out because you're not going to, you know, you're going to meet their representative. Right. You're not going to meet. And, and just soul ties, period, you know, right. what you're you dealing should, with. You should, exactly. You should know that person, you know. Right. Um, so, and, and because again, if you're not paying attention to that person at a core level, who they are, what their character is, mm-hmm. that's where it's going to be easy to start to miss some of those red flags. Right. Because uh, we're not living in reality. We're not really looking at what's actually happening right. as opposed to how we're being made to feel. Right. Um, so finding ourselves in situations that, you know, we shouldn't be in if we had just taken the time to get to know them. But mm-hmm. these days, everyone is, it's just like, you know, I don't have time for a serious relationship or commitment. I don't want anyone to think I have feelings or I want to, I don't want to fall in love or I got to, you know, stay on my grind and focused and mm-hmm. I can't allow someone in my space, you know, emotionally, they're just going to hold me back. And that is the wrong message because, and especially in the black community and, in white communities, they don't think like that. They think I need someone who's going to be in my life healthy for me. We're going to grow and build together. And that is their wealth. Uh, a lot of times how they, you know, maintain and are able to have the lives that they have. You know, we're not able to do that because in our culture and because in our music, we are preaching uh, temporary relationships or side chicks and, and, and um, not being attached to people, mm-hmm. you know. But we are attached to them, especially if we are being intimate with them. We're being attached with them physically, with their past trauma, whatever they're going through now. Mm-hmm. But because we're not taking the time to really get to know the person before we become intimate with them and we just want what we want Mm -hmm. we're doing so much damage to ourselves that we don't even realize until it's too late (laughs) that's right we just do not realize until it's too late so you talked about uh recognizing um when you were in a trauma bond you know you you talked about recognizing um you know you were at a place where you there was a behavior in you you were searching for love in the wrong people Mm -hmm. you know what about with the person that you're with Right. You know, what about, uh, can you talk about some of the red flags that you've oh, seen in gosh. that regard? Yeah, some of the some of the red flags I've seen is, and then I think I was talking to you earlier is like a recent situation I was in, you know, even at even at my age, you know, having to be once you're in a relationship and they they do all the right things and they make you feel so wonderful and then you see the red flag but you don't want to see the red flag you don't want to listen to your intuition, you know, when someone flips out and they're screaming at you and they're verbally assaulting you because you don't want to do what they want to do or you you know any time that someone is verbally or or emotionally damaging you, you need to run out of the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, verbal abuse is never okay. Um, someone screaming at you, you know, they they have a problem with communication. And, and when we have a problem with communication, there's going to be a breakdown eventually mm-hmm. because communication is the key. And so if we don't address that and how we talk to each other and how we treat each other, that's definitely a red flag. Um, I think finding out about someone's childhood and past, what they've been through. Uh, for example, my ex was saying that he, you know, was introduced to, you know, sex and intercourse by an older, by an older woman that was sent to his 
room, hotel room, you know, by older people. And he, you know, was in therapy, but he never really spoke on how he handled that situation. And so at an early age of like 14 or 13 years old, there he was with his very first sexual experience and being one that he did not ask for. But he wasn't ready for it, sound or, like. Or wasn't ready for And mm. so it explained why he was the way he is today. And I never took the time to dig deeper to see what he did to help himself or to deal with that. How are you, how are you healing? How are you doing the work for yourself based on what you've told me? And we don't do that. We don't have those conversations. We just say, oh, okay, that's, that's really messed up that that happened to you. Oh, yeah, that's exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. And we and we don't even listen. We hear the information, yes. but we don't listen to what what that person is saying. Because I know I've encountered that problem in my friendships as well. If I tell you I'm a person, I'm I'm very open, right? I'm an advocate, so I'm very open about being a survivor of trauma. Mm-hmm. And so if I tell you that, then you need to hear that means something for me. Mm-hmm. It it creates an experience for me, and right. as my friend, right. in order to have that relationship, that means that you know some people they tell me I'm oversensitive. And that they feel like they have to walk on eggshells around mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. That means that, well, yeah, if I'm a person that's been physically abused, you might not want to snatch me right. if you want to show me affection. Right, or get too close in your intimate space. Right, know? like, you right. know, because it, 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 for somebody, it, you know, there may not be intention behind it, but for somebody that's been through trauma, it's not always a wanted thing to be in their personal space. Right. They, they're or not unwanted always, touch, you know, people who like to touch when they talk. You know, yeah. it has to be, you know, you have to be very conscious mm-hmm. of that per, of the other person right. that you're in a relationship with. And it doesn't have to be that that person is whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's, it's exactly what you said. Yeah. We have to really think about how we talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And when people challenge that, then we're told, okay, it's this, it's something else. Mm-hmm. But really... How do we recognize the trauma bonds in our relationships if we don't ever have a discussion right. about what are the things that make interacting with one another difficult? Right, right. You know, and why should it, wouldn't it be okay? If we're really going to understand and how to overcome these trauma bonds, then we have to create a safe space for people to be able to talk about them, right. including the men. Right. Especially men, because it looks like for us, this is really where um, the, the salvation comes, mm-hmm. is, is in saving each other. We're angry with each other. Right. Not really realizing that this is cultural. Right. It's way bigger than one person. We can't just be mad at Cardi B, mm-hmm. right? Because I think really people are mad at uh. Cardi B because <laughs> she's a woman that's reflecting the ugliness Yes. In this industry. Yes. Because men have been reflecting the same yeah. truth all she the time. She just said she drugged men. They paid for the sex. They, they basically were, yeah, paying for the sex. So she drugged them, took and their stole. wallets. Right, as opposed to you have hip-hop artists, male artists that have been rape, rapping about raping women and taking it mm-hmm. from them, mm-hmm. and nobody's this upset. You know? right. So really it's a fact that this is a woman reflecting it. But this is another side of our culture we have to deal with. We have to. Yeah. It's never okay to take advantage of anyone in any way, but we right. do because everyone is, it's, it's the, the, the process of survival in our minds are about what's well, about me and mm-hmm. what I want and what I got to get and my hustle and it, it, the selfishness that, that we're tied you know, and and through through television, through radio, through whatever, you know, to just get where you want and go. Mm-hmm. The the integrity, the morals that we're 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 learning from all of this is it's just not really helping us as a people and we have to really have these conversations so that we can say, Okay, we have to stop this. We can't do this. You know, one of the things I that I that really bothers me when I'm I'm driving home is when I hear um 
there's a radio station um, that talks about uh, it's a little break. I think these guys are like, I gave her a plan B because she was my plan B. And it's like, oh. oh, my gosh. It's like, you know, why are we and the side chick and shout outs and all this stuff. And it's like, why are we promoting this? on stations that are, you know, pretty much majority African-American. Why are we saying that this is okay, this is funny, this is, you know, I'm not taking her serious, I'm not, you know, respecting black women, and, and, and that's trauma. Mm-hmm. Why, why, are we, why are we doing that? Mm-hmm. Where did that come from, you know? Um, and there's just generations and long, you know, long-term history with all of that, so it's, um, it's a, it's a challenge. It, it is, is a, it, it's most, work. It is work, and it means that, you know, for, for me, I believe that really, um, first, really understanding these triggers, I think it does have a lot to do with starting with yourself. Yeah. Uh, starting with yourself, mm-hmm. your internal work, mm-hmm. you know, um, because you, you, I think when you're a person that you see other people's flaws and you don't see your mm-hmm. own, that's what kind of makes you toxic. Right. right. You have to be willing to see your own areas. I, I just Absolutely. recently, you, you shared about it next. I shared that, you know, well, I didn't yet, but it, it brought me present to uh, an ex yeah. that we've kind of just held on to this mm. friendship relationship mm. for nine years now. Yeah. And I realized as I read through the material and preparing for this show, I realized, my God, wow, I'm reading what's been happening. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, for me, there are parts that have made me want to say, well, maybe I was too harsh or maybe yes. because I know it's hard for him. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that with all within it, it's still, there's, in order for me to exist in that relationship, right. there has to be respect. There can be has love, to. Yes. but the love doesn't serve me right. if it doesn't respect me. If right. it doesn't respect me, then it means it doesn't respect my boundaries. Right. So that's one of the points I wanted to make about recognizing that this is in some kind of trauma bond. Now, mm-hmm. I, I, it was hard for me to recognize because with this person, um, I always thought to myself, you know, we didn't really exist in any kind of, we didn't go through any trauma together. Mm. I think about like my childhood, I went through trauma with my brothers yeah. growing up. Yeah. Then I realized actually we did. Yeah. Because if we, again, take trauma outside of the physical and sexual boundaries, we understand that food instability is trauma. Mm-hmm. We understand that housing instability is trauma. Mm-hmm. All of these things go into what they call the adverse childhood experiences score. Mm. And that's, you know, a, a, a score, I believe, like over four. An ACEs score of over four mm. means that, you know, you're probably at increased risk. You know, mm. you've been through significant mm. childhood trauma, <laughs> and you, you've been at, you're at increased risk right. of later on illness. So, yeah, there are right. other things. So we did. You know, when we got together, we had, it was really a lot of hard times. Yeah. And it was, you know, riding together and supporting each other, and those were great times. Mm-hmm. I mean, this yeah. man could come in and make a meal, a gourmet meal for an entire family with $20. Wow. I mean, a gourmet meal. Right. He was a trained chef. So. Right. So that was there, that bond there. Yeah, right. The trauma and what you were going through. What, you know, I mean, I've seen, I, I always joke about this, I've seen where, you know, um, we would be like a Bonnie and Clyde. I would be, you know, times when I was so poor. Yeah. I, I, the first time, because I, I was always kind of, kind of, you know, kind of ghetto, kind of bougie. Yeah. So we went into, um, uh, went by, you know, get some black and miles because I've struggled with smoking a long time now. Mm-hmm. So we went to get some black and miles. He didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. He talks the guy in the gas station 
into giving him a pack, oh, wow. and he would come back with the money. Wow. I mean, I'm just saying. Right. You got to have some skills. You got to have some skills to do that. To talk <laughs> somebody into get it's a gas station attendant out of all people. Right. To give you something, and you're going to come. That's a did. store. That's what you're going to buy. That's a whole store. That's where you're going to buy it. But he did, and I'm realizing this is what I was up against. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, there's so, I mean, really, the, the, the charisma is, was, uh, wow. There was another time he even talked to cops and let me, yeah, he, he talked to cops <laughs> and let me do something illegal to correct the crime. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. He, I'm, and he's talking to these cops, had the whole arrangement. Well, he sounds extremely intelligent. Like, his, his uh, level of thinking is like, but see, here's the thing that I had to recognize. I was so, you know, all of those things were so in, in, enticing to me. Right. Because I'm like, how did he do that? Right. You know, but I had to recognize this, this man grew up in trauma just like I did. Right. And we have ways of internalizing mm. that. And so it becomes normal, right? right. It, this, he has this talent for seeing things ahead, mm. all of those things. But what I didn't see was there was another side. But characteristics that people develop as a result of trauma right they have a good side they have a strength right like i i have a strength in being able to put things together yeah but there's also a, a flip side to it there's a shadow to it yeah and that's the part that we don't recognize and i think if we stop right there right. we can recognize if i had looked at it and said wow this guy i watched him do all this charismatic charismatic things right where did that come from? I mean, I know we don't really think about people in that way, but I think we have to start asking, you know, yeah. if this person can do this, if he can tell every card in, in, in everybody's hand, mm -hmm. that means this is somebody I need to pay attention to. Right. I would want it, I need to look at what his, his, his red flags are. Right. Because that means he, he has the ability to be highly manipulative, mm -hmm. but we don't see that. We see his skill. We think of that. Just the positive part of that. We think of the positive mm -hmm. part of that, and the part of that is just acceptance, understanding that I I get it, wow. just like mine. Yeah. But there's a flip side to that. Wow. And how do you handle that flip side? Wow. And it's like what you were saying earlier. Yeah. You know about getting to know a person. We tend to get to know people mm. on a superficial level if we just really take that time mm. and get to know them as a human being. Right. Right then I think that makes it easier Gosh. for us and acknowledge, but we, in order to even recognize those red flags, I think we have to be willing to acknowledge the red flags in ourselves. Right. Because that's how and you recognize are we, how it. How are we attaching to these situations? And why are we, what are we ignoring in ourselves? Um, you know, mm -hmm. listening to you and talking about the bond that you had with that guy for nine years, I realized in my recent situation mm -hmm. that I, when I met him, was unemployed. Mm-hmm. I was driving for Uber, but that's a hustle, and mm -hmm. that is a very tiring hustle. I was a single mother recently. Mm -hmm. I, just, I just found out the guy I was with, you know, was not going to be there for me and my daughter. So I had this, and then, of course, and then I was I was renting from someone, like, subleasing, mm -hmm. so I really didn't have my own place. So I had all these things, and I met him one day when I picked him up, you know, for a ride. And he, you know, and he didn't want to be where he wanted, he was at, because he was living with his family. And he didn't like them, you know, had trauma from his relationship with his father. Mm. And so he saw me and he said, I reminded him of his mother. We, and we ended up staying together for so long while he fought his father because his father was like, well, no, she's too much older than you. And so he had that argument with him. No, I'm going to see her. I'm going to date her. She's who I want to be with. I'm an adult, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we had, and so he had to deal with that argument in his household. And I was dealing with my trauma 
mm-hmm. over here trying to provide, being a new single mother. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh, like I just really dawns on me that we both were dealing with, he was dealing yep. with, of course, still recovering. He had some issues with uh, uh, traumatic brain injury because um, mm-hmm. he was hit by a car. But well, that you know, in itself, yeah. Yeah, and I had no idea what that meant. His father didn't speak to me, his mom, you know, didn't tell me. No one broke it down. I didn't go to therapy with him. No one broke it down to me that TBI was like what I was going to be dealing with. <laughs> Yeah, TBI is very serious. Uh, I didn't and, know. And so, I didn't know. Yeah, it's it's almost it mimics it can mimic bipolar. Yeah, it can mimic, and, he, and he had been diagnosed with that. And he's, yeah, you know. it's likely not if they, if he has TBI, they need to look at that yeah. instead of trying to put a. a well, they just his yeah. mom was like, well, he doesn't need to date right now. Right now, he's still recovering. And I was like, he looks fine. He he's extremely intelligent. Extremely, yeah. I can't tell anything by talking and looking at him. Okay. But yeah. TBI. Now I realized I was like, oh, he shouldn't, shouldn't have been dating him. He still was recovering you know even though he had been out of the ha- that had happened years ago it still wasn't far enough removed and there was things he's going to always have to deal with that i was was not i did not take the time to research or look up because i was like he looks fine to me what are you guys talking about so he was hit by a car okay he had brain surgery he's fine he's taking his medicine because you know people think especially when it comes to trauma and things like that especially when you look at cases like traumatic brain injury it's not a matter of medicine can just fix it all. Medicine alone is really not enough yeah. to help anybody cope. Um, here's the, the little nutshell of what I believe. So I go back to what I said earlier. I really, the more I live with this experience and interact with these people, the more I believe that the DSM really is. I mean, because they're adding stuff all the time. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of these are names for the physical symptoms, but I do believe a lot of it is trauma. I believe it's the way of living in this world. And educating ourselves And educating it. ourselves. Because if I had been educated. Right. And, we, if, and when you, you mm-hmm. saw your story and what you went through, if, if whoever was with you were educated and actually did the time, took the time to research and understand and know that person, which I probably could have done that myself, but because I was dealing with my own life trauma, I was happy he was there. You know what I mean? And then you never make the time to really... It blinds understand you. Understand what you're dealing with. It, it, you never, you never make the time to understand what you're dealing with because right. all we go off of is he looks fine. Right. We don't understand how incredibly complex the brain is. Right. I didn't even, although I lived through the trauma I experienced, I didn't a, I didn't remember a good majority of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, B, I didn't. So that kept me from really understanding how significant it was. Right. I did not understand how significant it was until I had the nervous breakdown in two. two 2007, yeah. and I began to have uh, uh, flashbacks. Mm. I began to have auditory flashbacks and visual flashbacks. Wow. And then I remembered things that were had been buried in my subconscious. Mm-hmm. So really, it's just been the past 11 years yeah. um, that I've really been discovering things. So for really, wow. think about it that way. You know, a person can have a, 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 a thing yeah. um, like trauma, but they're understanding of it and ability to deal with it is only as good as their awareness of it. Right, right. And how, in a a society, I mean, just real talk, in a culture where we joke about which switch, who got the worst beaten. Right. How bad our beatings were, whether they were with frying pans, extension Extension cords, shoes, whatever was in in reach. 
you know, these are this is straight trauma. up abuse, abuse and trauma that we are joking and comparison and normalizing and, and normalizing, yes. saying this is what the kids need now. Right. And I turned out fine. No, you did it. <laughs> right. You, know, you so, are not OK. So there's, there's lots of layers to this. Right. So, when the, so that's why you see, take time to get to know. You got to know yeah. a person and knowing and you, a person and is no, not, it's not just talking. It's yeah. about doing the research. It's about finding out how they're coping, how they're handling their trauma, because there has to be work. There has to be ongoing work. For them you don't to know be a person okay. until you see them angry. Right. You, you do don't. not know a person <laughs> until you see them angry. And when yeah. you and, and then then you have to be able to use it because part of the experience in recognizing uh, something like that is say for example if you've been through mm -hmm. right some significant trauma in your life mm -hmm. and you're in touch with your feelings and what triggers you. Yeah. That's one area that we tend to not focus on. Right. But if we are in touch with those things, then it will be easier to recognize that behavior in other people. Right. right. Because we've now spent the time doing that internal work. Right. You know, it's funny. Uh, I was just recently talking to someone, um, an ex, an ex of mine, mm -hmm. but we're, we have a really good relationship now. And he's like, you know, well, what are you doing to take care of you and your happiness? What are your goals? Like, what are you like now that this situation is over what are you doing that's mm -hmm. going to make you happy who are you now you know and and you know don't go looking for love and things like that make sure that you're focused on growing as a person and, and healing are you in therapy are you you know are you taking care of your desires and what you want mm -hmm. you know like who who are you like mm -hmm. what is what is at the core of you right. and so him asking me those questions he was like you know let's talk about you Let's not talk about anything else. Let's not talk about us. Let's not talk about possibly being intimate. Let's talk about who you are. What's up with your soul? Because that's what's really going to be important for whoever you're with next. You know. Right. And it it was very enlightening for me because I was like, well, I wasn't really trying to talk about all that. <laughs> yeah, but that's the part you got to talk about. That's the part that brings you because I think it's um, again, you know, it, it's as difficult as it is to have these experiences. I think our Innate desire is to say, nope, I'm not going to deal with these emotions. Right. But it doesn't get better. Right. The only way you're going to talk, the only way you're going to really get some enlightenment and, and some resolution yeah. is to face it and yeah. deal with it. Like talking to you today. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, my gosh, that was a trauma bond like a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even and I realized it when I so my intuition, sometimes I tend to ignore it. I think mm -hmm. we're taught to mm -hmm. ignore it. Oh, you're crazy mm -hmm. or you're overreacting. You know, and I had situations in that situation that made me realize, okay, I was, at, there was a point when I should have cut that off when I called you last April mm -hmm. and couldn't stop crying. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. Well, that person was, had stepped outside of the relationship and I didn't know. I just found out while I was expecting. And so I found out. And I was like, that's what was going on with my soul. And I was ignoring my intuition and had asked him about it. And he denied it and cried and all these other things. But I didn't know what was wrong with my soul. My body was rejecting him. My mm -hmm. body was saying, run. You better tell it. You Get away. Tell it. You better tell it. And he made me out to be crazy and all this other stuff. And I was so stressed out. And I called you, Ty. I was like, I can't stop crying. I'm depressed. I'm like, I don't know why. Mm -hmm. But then when you think about soul ties... Mm -hmm. And what he was doing over there with someone else and me and, oh, my gosh, when I talk about just how it all finally is coming to me, it's like that's why I ended up so extremely depressed because I already had my own trauma. Then on top of that, I had someone with me who I, my body and my intuition was saying, hey, yeah, hey, 
That's how abusers are able to maintain their power. But you're overreacting. You have trust issues. Right, but it's really about disconnecting, and I can't even speak to that enough about being disconnected from your internal power source. That's yeah. your intuition. It's the reason why I, I do not really believe, <laughs> I do not, it's not that I don't believe in the idea of a savior. Um, that's not what I believe. Mm -hmm. What I don't believe is the structure that it's been given to us. Yeah. Because I, what that Bible does is it teaches that our core of power is outside of us. Right. And even if you look at what's in the Bible, just take the words that these people are saying. Mm -hmm. If, if you're told that you're made in God's image, if you're told that you're little gods, that God is in you, that means that God. the power source is in, in you. you. That's you right. shouldn't be looking outside, outside of yourself, of yourself right. for any power source of connection, of understanding. Of you have all of what you need. Right. But the way that abuse is able to be perpetuated is to disconnect you. Mm. from that source within yourself yep. because if you start to doubt your own intuition your own god-given gps mm. telling you what's right and wrong right then it makes it easy for yeah. someone to manipulate yep. you with all of the yeah you know and if i learned anything it's like okay and if you have to you have to believe yourself you have to if you feel it if you feel it in your gut in your soul and something mm -hmm. just is off something mm -hmm. is majorly wrong you need to look around you you do. You need to look around you and you need to make some cuts because your your mental sanity is counting on that. Yeah, but the key is now, again, I, um, I will add one caveat, caveat that before you can make these cuts and identify the areas that of trouble in someone else, I really think you should do that for yourself. Right. Understand that, I'm t and there's some work. When I say it's some work, I posted a meme <laughs> on social media not too long ago of what people think that and, and spiritual spiritual enlightening is they yeah. think it's all zen and yeah. meditation <laughs> and it's really that's what it is on the top and the bottom is the lady under the cover saying i'm not crazy i'm not right. crazy because you have to really confront these hard these difficult things yeah. and as scary as it is when you confront it about yourself right. and you begin to master that in yourself right you will master it i mean it, it's part of the struggle now right somebody can have this conversation with me and have all kind of stuff going on. And I'm looking at you like, I just see it. And you're not going to admit it. Okay. Right. I'm just going to But it, 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 being connected to my intuition is saving me. Yes. So much. Yes. Than what it, you know. And you have to save yourself. That You are your only savior because nobody else is going to save you. So you, you, the power is in you. And when you feel it and when you know it, like you said, you have to be aware of your own. Mm -hmm. Like what makes you gravitate toward that in the first place especially if you're already dealing with trauma mm -hmm. like taking care of yourself and putting yourself in a situ in, in a position to be able to to acknowledge those things and to to be aware you're not as aware mm -hmm. when you're going through trauma no you know or you're still still suffering from trauma you're not as aware if you are not healing with it or dealing with it and you're tired and like like sleep deprived like i was as an uber driver because i'm up till God knows, 5, 6 a.m. trying to make that money, you know, and yes. so you don't have your right mind. Right. You're just, you're just a zombie pretty much. And so yeah. it, you're it, not in a position to even really be in a relationship. It, it is. And I can say, um, you know, for me, um, just to give a little bit of my experience before we wrap up, you know, understanding that when you are dealing with traumatic situations, mm -hmm. you know, again, we tend to minimize right. um, what we go through, but 
really being concerned, you know, housing instability, food instability, mm -hmm. financial instability. Right. All of those things are traumatic. I mean, for me, I went from, you know, damn near six-figure job mm -hmm. to virtually nothing. Yeah, well, I did here. go to nothing. Same yeah. here, yeah. You know, that was traumatic. It was traumatic. Man, <laughs> when you're used to being able to pull out one of your mini credit cards <laughs> and have, you know what I'm saying, and then you don't have nothing. Yes. Yeah, that is traumatic. Yeah. And understand that, you know, that's a, it's a life change. And we think that because it's a life change, it's not traumatic, but it is. Right. You know, so get in touch with yourself. Understand what those things are. What they mean. And before we go, I just want to cover a couple of things, mm -hmm. um, ways to escape. Mm -hmm. Ways to, you know, because we've talked about a lot of the self-recognition and things like that. Right. But just a couple of things I think that are really important to mention are when if you do feel like you are in a traumatic bond that you can't break from, um, make sure, uh, ways to escape are one, make sure that you're making conscious decisions to live in reality. Right. Not what this feels good, what feels good, <laughs> what the promise is, mm -hmm. what's going to happen, what he or she said they're going to do. Right. Live in reality and what's actually happening. Um, another thing is to make decisions that only support your self-care. Right. And it's important to say that you can support your self-care without being cruel to others. Right. You know, practice that with love towards others. Right. But when you make decisions, I found that 99% of the time when I was in a relationship mm -hmm. that was some kind of traumatic bond and I look, think about how angry I got, I look at all the other things, mm. decisions I made that did not support my care, all of the things I chose to give up yeah. for this person because I believe something different. Yeah. And I have to acknowledge within that is I made a choice. Right. And that first choice was not me. Right. Right. And and that's right. where that core of that anger comes from. Mm -hmm. So I want to, before we go, I do want to remind everybody, you know, if you find that you're struggling in a relationship like this, you don't know what to do, I'm going to encourage you to call, reach out to the National Domestic Violence Hotline. The number is 1-800-799-7233. Before we go, I'm just going to ask, do you have any other final words of wisdom to wrap up with? Oh, gosh. Uh, I would wrap up with, you know, abuse is never okay in any form. Mm -hmm. Verbal abuse, emotional abuse, um, psychological abuse, anyone manipulating you, telling you're crazy, things like that. You need to make sure that you... You love yourself enough to leave anyone who's going to put you down or make you feel like you are insignificant or not enough without them. Mm -hmm. I think um, the power is within you and, and the choice you have to make is That's you. Right. So. The choice you have to make is you. Yeah. And, um, and just to supplement on that, in order for you to even put yourself in a position where you choose you first, it's you have to begin to practice self-love. One mm -hmm. of the things that came to me recently in a conversation with my son is self-love is not a thought. It is an action. It's an action. Yeah. Lots right. of times we think, you know, for years I thought that, well, I love myself, you know, because in my mind I think great things about me. <laughs> I can acknowledge the bad things about me, but right. I think I'm pretty great. Right. You so know, what are you so. Doing? Yeah. What are you but doing? but where, 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 how does, how does that show up in my life? Yes. Am I treating myself well? Right. And I find that are if you, you drinking enough water? Are you drinking the day? enough water? When you begin right. to care right. for yourself right. and take care of yourself first, and you 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 develop a relationship with that yeah. process, you begin to love it, yeah. and you will protect it at any cost. Yeah, you yeah. know. So putting yourself in that place, addressing 
your own little challenges, mm -hmm. all of those things will help you on the road. Trust it's me. It's going to make me better. Yeah. Make me a better person for myself, for my yeah. children, for my family. What do those steps look like? And a lot of times we don't learn what self-love is. We just hear, mm -hmm. love yourself. Love yourself. What, 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 show me what that what tell it look me. like. What does it look like? What does it look like? Right. Let's write it down. Let's put it somewhere where we can see it. I got stickies all over my wall now. Mm -hmm. You know, be healthy. Work on your book. Poetry. Children first. Mm -hmm. Drink water. All these things that says, mm -hmm. this is what it looks like. Therapy. Mental health first. You know, I have mm -hmm. all these things. This is what self-love looks like. Mm -hmm. Take your time. Don't rush love. You know, all these Forgive things. yourself. Forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you have to put it in front of yourself at work or on your phone, I have on my desk, I have a little note that says, I'm beautiful, I deserve the best, yada, yada, I'm going to take care of myself. I have all these affirmations and things to remind me, mm -hmm. you know, and for me to do the work because yeah. they actually take work, too. <laughs> yes, they do. So, yes, they do. So, yeah. They do. But. Well, I thank you for joining me for today's show. Mm -hmm. I totally appreciate the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, thank you for having me. Um, it's always a great time having <laughs> it you because is. it's always like, you know, good energy, uh -huh. light bulbs are clicking, you know, <laughs> I, this energy, I learned yeah. something from you, you learned yeah. something from me. Absolutely. So that's always awesome. Um, yeah. And it's always great to have supportive poets. Yeah. And <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And speaking of poets supporting other poets, um, well, I know she's not, she's an activist, but uh, Kenny York, uh, Let Your Voice Be Heard Foundation is hosting the Teal Walk. Um, on April Saturday, April 27th, 2019, from 10 a.m. to 2 at the Village at North Henry. Um, I have the address 750 Fairview Road in Ellenwood. Uh, so if you would, it's a teal walk to end sexual assault. If you would, please consider coming on out. Um, you can follow my page on uh, Instagram at I am Rebel Queen. There you'll find a link to donate because I'm speaking at the event. I'm performing there. Oh, nice. I'm just asking that everybody, um, you know, really do what you can to raise awareness um, because this is something that affects all of us. Mm -hmm. So join us all next week, 3 o'clock. I will see you then. Until then, y'all, be intentional with your plans and manifest your best. Peace out. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our show. Tune in every Sunday at 3 p.m. at officialdfd.com. Follow us on social media at officialdfd. Your dynamic, your dialogue. Come get some.